3: Finally here, and this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa, for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars. And we're going to be right here along with you, fans, covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is the Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Sadenberg. It is The Look Ahead here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I wanted to start the show on a little bit of a sad note, uh, a little bit of a you know disappointing um, topic to talk about. It's upsetting Um, I apologize for upsetting any of the viewers and listeners out there, but we do have to acknowledge that the Los Angeles Lakers have been eliminated from postseason contention. Yes, we will light a candle, we'll say a prayer, but the season has come to an end for the Los Angeles Lakers mercifully at the hands of the Phoenix Suns. Suns beat the Lakers 121-110 here on Tuesday combined with the Spurs upset victory over the Denver Nuggets 116-97 meaning the Lakers officially eliminated from contention the Spurs are into the play-in tournament the Lakers have lost 7 straight games and they are 31 and 48 on the season the same team that was the second favorite preseason to win the NBA title at plus 350. 31 and 48 now Frank Vogel is going to lose his job but this is not all on Frank Vogel This is on general manager LeBron James, who orchestrated moves that made this team older, slower, and worse off. The Russell Westbrook trade made absolutely no sense. And next season, he will opt into his player option For $47 million, ask yourself what team is going to trade for Russell Westbrook and his $47 million contract. Yes, there are ways to get creative about it. Yes, the Lakers can eat a lot of that money. But previously, what would happen Because it is an expiring contract that would come off your books, and that could be attractive. But in order to take on that money, you would have to – a team would have to get first-round picks as well. So a team would acquire, you know, Russell Westbrook and a 2023 first-round pick or whatever, and that's where they'll take the money off the books, and then the Lakers will have a lot of money in salary cap space. But the Lakers don't have any picks to trade. All their picks are gone. Picks that go to New Orleans, picks that go to Memphis, picks that go to OKC, picks that go to Washington. There's picks that go everywhere. Next season's going to be worse for this team. Another year older, another year slower, another year where the pieces just don't fit together. Oof, what a disaster in L.A. What a disaster. And LeBron James now will miss the playoffs for the first time since his rookie season with the Cavaliers. Just think about that. Think about it. Unbelievable. What a run for him. He had the eight straight NBA finals appearances. Uh actually, it's the fourth time that LeBron will miss the playoffs. His rookie year, 03 04 with the Cavaliers, um, oh four, oh five, missed the playoffs. And then 2018 19 with the Lakers and this year with the Lakers. Mm mm mm. There's an interesting piece by uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN who talked about how LeBron's wore out his L.A. tenure because everywhere he goes, he wears out his run in four years. He goes through a four-year cycle. And it makes a lot of sense, okay, LeBron James, in his career, he goes to Miami for four years, wears it out. Goes back to Cleveland for four years, wears it out. And now in L.A., year four, has worn it out. Why? Because every time he goes to a team, whether it's going to Miami or back to Cleveland or to the Lakers... There are sacrifices made to accommodate him, not just financially with the roster construction and, you know, trading away picks to acquire talent and to fit players underneath the salary cap and everything and all the maneuvering that has to be done to put together a roster that is suitable to contend with LeBron James. And do you, like, just say, okay, it's fine? Because they won a title? And if that's all it's about, then fine. If that's all you want to do, that's fine. He won one title in Cleveland, and that's what he promised to do. And he he delivered. He won. Nothing you can say about that. Wins a championship. Said he would do it, and he did it. Won a championship with the Lakers. You could argue it was a bubble championship, but he won a championship with the Lakers. Mission accomplished? Right? Is that it? I always ask this question when it comes to teams and it comes to fan bases. Like, what do you want from your teams? Would you trade as a fan and as an organization? Would you trade one championship, let's say, let's go for a 10-year span. Would you take one championship and nine mediocre or subpar seasons, or would you like to be a championship contender for all 10 seasons? It's an interesting debate. Some people believe, as long as you win a championship, I'll sacrifice everything else. Look, I'm a Jets fan. As long as they win the Super Bowl, I could go 0-18, for the rest of my life. But how do you view LeBron's tenure here in L.A.? Two years missing the playoffs, a bubble championship. Was it a success or a failure? I tend to think it was a failure, and it's hard to say it was a failure because of a championship that was won. But it has not been good, and it's not going to get better. Again, preseason second favorites to win the title at plus 350. Now eliminated from postseason contention. Everything has been wrapped up now in terms of the teams that are in both the playoffs and the play-in tournaments. We know the four teams that are going to be in the play-in tournament in the East. Actually, we uh, yeah, we do. Because we have the Cavs, Nets, Hawks, and Hornets. And the Cavs are not going to catch up to the Bulls. So, not worried about that. And then, we know that in the Western Conference, it's going to be the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Clippers, and probably the Timberwolves. There's, they're not mathematically clinched there yet. They're two games back of the Nuggets. So... The next game that gets played will probably clinch it for uh, the Timberwolves to be in that play-in spot. As far as where the teams are in that play-in tournament, that's still up for grabs. In the Western Conference, the Spurs are one game back of the Pelicans. So we know that they're going to play each other. We just don't know where they're going to play each other. That game could be in New Orleans. It could be in San Antonio. We know that the Clippers will go to Minnesota, and then the loser of that game will host the winner of the 9-10 game. In the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets are now back to being the eighth seed because of their win combined with the Hawks' loss and the Hornets' loss. The Nets are the eighth seed. They are a game and a half back of Cleveland for the seventh seed. And I think the, the, the Nets win out. For the rest of their schedule. Because the rest of their schedule is a cakewalk. They had the game against the Rockets here, which you knew they weren't going to lose. They play against the Knicks, which, all right, could, could the Knicks spoil the party? Maybe, but I doubt it. And then they play Cleveland, and they play Indiana. Because they play Cleveland, I believe if the Nets win out, they will be the seventh seed. The Cavs' remaining schedule is next game against the Nets, and then they play against Milwaukee. So let's say the if they split, if they somehow beat Milwaukee, the Cavs will finish with a record of where are we here with the Cavs? 44-38. and 38. The Nets, if they win out, will finish with a record of 44-38. The Nets, as long as they win out, will be the seventh seed in the play-in tournament. That means they will host it and have the cushion of losing and getting into the playoffs still if they win the next game. I'm Scott Zadenberg. Coming up next, we'll talk about the team in the sixth spot. That's the Chicago Bulls, plus more with our very own Danny Burke. It's The Look Ahead here on v
6: Are you
4: ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zin 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zin nicotine pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zin nicotine pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zin 10 challenge today at zyn.com slash 10. That's ZYN.com slash 10. Zin nicotine pouches are only for adults 21 and over who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seddenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joined now by host of Rush Hour here on VSIN, as well as the Chicago City Cash presented by Bet Rivers. He is our very own Danny Burke. And Danny, let me ask you a question about the topic that I just got done speaking about, which is LeBron James's overall tenure in Los Angeles through four seasons. How do you view it? Because despite the one
7: championship, the, the bubble championship, I think it's been a failure. Yeah, I, I think in, in in the sense of where the expectations were for the Lakers when acquiring LeBron James, they definitely fell short. Of their goals. I think you could almost compare this in a sense from me being in the Chicagoland area and covering the teams and being a diehard fan. I mean, it's almost like the Cubs, right? The Cubs had this window of opportunities from 2015 and beyond. And yes, you got past the curse and you won the World Series and were ecstatic for that as Cubs fans. But after that, you fell short of expectations. Now the Lakers obviously a different history and a different story, but the Lakers had to adjust so much to make it suitable for LeBron James. And that's what happens with all these teams, right? They ship off all these pieces. They bring on all these guys. They let LeBron take over and okay, you got the championship. You did what you set out to do, but the consistent success hasn't been there. And you and I were talking off air and we see people make these jokes and these wisecracks all the time about it being a Mickey mouse championship. And look, it counts. We get it, but in a real sense, it was such a unique setting and a championship that that is always going to be somewhat of an asterisk on that championship, considering what we have seen this team do or rather lack thereof. As at this point, I get injuries are a factor, but every team deals with it. And who knows what's going to occur this offseason? assuming they're dishing off some pieces and what they did with Russell Welsh Westbrook. It was just such, it just so disappointing for everything that all these so-called experts said that this team would do, despite how old this team was. So I I think you're right, Scott, they definitely fell short of expectations with the consistency.
4: I just regret not betting the under in the win total. Like I did in their first season. And I know LeBron got hurt that year, but that was the easiest bet I've ever made in my life Mm -hmm. was betting the under, I think it was 54 (laughs) and a half, whatever it was that year. And I just hammered the under and it came through with, with ease. And then, of course, they follow up the next season and they win the, uh, you know, the bubble championship and whatnot. So uh, let's talk about a team that you're obviously familiar with and the Chicago Bulls uh, losing to the Milwaukee Bucks, but they were underdogs. So that was expected. They have fallen now to the sixth seed. Now they're not going to drop into the playing tournament. So they're comfortable there in the top six, but will likely now face could be the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. What is it about this team that has gone from first place at the all-star break right like we were talking about the one seed Mm -hmm. to now being the final team that is not in the play-in tournament
7: yeah there's so many issues for this team and really what it just came down to and why the script had been flipped is because at the end of the day you couldn't rely on derozan being superman for every single game And you couldn't expect him to do that against the top tier competition. The bulls were going through this stretch of a schedule to where it was equal competition or inferior. And that's how they could take advantage of it. And I was kind of going on a rant, tweeting about it. And I've discussed it on the Chicago city cats, but you look at these top tier teams in the East, like the Miami heat, the Boston Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, the difference is with the Chicago bulls offensively, Scott, and I'm sure you've watched plenty of their games considering. I know at one point you were sweating out to Rosen is MVP <laughs> like we were? Oh, those were this, the days. Oh, exactly right. It was a fun week and a half. <laughs> this this Bulls offense really revolves around isolation ball. If it's not DeRozan in the fourth quarter, it's Zach Levine, and if Booch isn't contributing, then it's really just those two guys and nobody else. Look, Ayotisumu, a great player. He's held to a high standard now because of the just adversity this Bulls team has had to deal with because of injuries and whatnot that he's almost had to be relied upon as a top scorer, which shouldn't be the case. Aside from that, you have athleticism and defense you invested in. Alex Caruso, Javante Green, Derrick Jones Jr. All those guys are solid players, but that's not where your offense is coming from. And we've seen this defense continue to regress despite them being back on the floor. You look at those top teams, what do they have? They have role players who can come off the bench or either in the starting lineup, aside from the top two guys, look at, say, Giannis and Chris Middleton, for example. They have third, fourth, fifth, sixth options who can hit open shots at will. The Bulls do not have that. Kobe White is supposed to be that guy. Kobe White's in the worst shooting slump in his short career. It's just mind-boggling how poor he has been shooting. And if Kobe White's not hitting his shots, then who the hell else is going to do it? The answer is nobody. You got Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas blows. He's not doing squat. So that's the difference between your top-tier teams and where the Bulls are at right now. They invested in their defense and their athleticism, and they were hoping that they could get by with DeRozan, Levine, and Booch. And obviously, Lonzo Ball being injured, yes, of course, that hurts. But even still, it's not like Lonzo Ball is supposed to be your top scorer. He's your facilitator and also another perimeter defender. So, what the Bulls need to do in this offseason now is get those three point shooters, get guys who can contribute offensively more so, and also another top tier big. Wu cutting it. Tristan Thompson was only going to maybe be a temporary solution. And obviously Tony Bradley doesn't bring any value to the table. So there's a lot that the bulls need to address this off season. And I'm kind of sounding like the the expectations were championship level. No, to me before the season, it was three to six seed in the regular mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And the absolute peak was reaching the Eastern conference finals. But at this point, Scott, they'd be lucky to make it out of the first round.
4: I would agree. They're going to be significant underdogs. If it is, especially the Milwaukee Bucks, that they line up with in the first round. Well, I have you, Danny, let's talk Major League Baseball. Uh, how big of a hole does the
7: injury of Lance Lynn leave in the White Sox rotation now? It's immense, right? And that was one of the concerns for this White Sox starting rotation. When I'm looking at their win total, which was as high as 93 and a half the last I was checking And the last time they had gotten over 93 and a half wins was when they won the world series in 2005, last season, they ended with 93. So you could kind of look at it in the sense of, well, they were missing some of their top guys. They were injured. And if they can stay healthy, but which you just alluded to, they're already suffering another injury. um, Then that could be the difference between going over and staying under, but also another consideration is that just the division itself, it's still going to be one of the weaker divisions, but I think the tigers are going to provide some value over the long course of this season. Season. and the twins actually not too shabby. I don't think they're going to win the division being the twins or the tigers, but they can still knock down the socks from time to time. So overall back to the starting rotation, look, you got Giolito who's a solid guy, but I think he's slowly regressing from how great he was two years ago. Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech. They have the Possibilities of being great pitchers, but we still, again, haven't seen that on a starting outing on a just, again, constant basis from those guys. And Keikel's way over the hill at this point. Look, yep. you wanted a veteran guy with postseason experience. He was terrible last year. Everybody's figured him out. He's lost the gas, and I think the same is going to remain here. You bring on Johnny Cueto, another guy past his prime, but with postseason experience. I think throughout the course of the regular season, because of the relatively weaker division, they'll still win it. They'll be okay because of their offense and their bullpen. But when it comes to the postseason, Scott, they got to stay healthy and they got to prove to people they can still hang with the top tier competition. They can hit against pitchers that aren't just lefties and they can also hit on the road. So I don't think it's going to be detrimental to begin with, but they got to stay healthy and address those issues. And if they can, they can absolutely compete for the world series, but I need them to prove it to me.
4: So I have a 65 to one ticket for the American league, most valuable player for Eloy Jimenez. Uh, if you look at his numbers now, he has to stay healthy, Danny, mm-hmm. but when healthy, if you prorate his career numbers to 162 game season, 38 homers over hundred RBIs, this guy's got 40 and hundred
7: potential when healthy. No, you're absolutely right. It's kind of a boomer buzz type of player with Jimenez. And the fact that you got that value, I think it's absolutely worth a flyer on it. And again, you talk about the easier division and how lethal this offense can be. The white Sox and Jimenez himself will have their chances to take advantage of it. So I actually really like that angle, but you're right. He's dealt with plenty of injuries, but if we get a lot of health around him and the White Sox. Both of them will be lethal all around. But, man, that's some really good value. I, I don't dislike that angle whatsoever.
4: I know a lot of people love Luis Robert, but, you know, I'm going with the Eloy here. Uh, we got yeah, about 30 Eloy. seconds or so. What's the ceiling for the Cubs this year?
7: <laughs> it's funny. You know, I'm a diehard Cubs fan and I always want to look for optimism, but it ends up me just giving them grief left and right. But I actually do think they're a tad bit undervalued to go in another comparison really quick with the bulls. This is going to be like that 2015 bulls team that got Dwayne Wade and John Rondo. You knew they weren't going to go deep, but it was to sell tickets. That's them getting Marcus Stroman and Sia Suzuki. I mean, it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. They're going to sell tickets and they'll get your hopes up a little bit at the end. They'll be disappointing, but Hey, maybe they can get over 73 and a half wins. So a little bit of optimism but definitely not too much
4: yeah i agree especially in a division where the brewers are certainly going to be the cream of the crop danny appreciate the time and the conversation we'll be checking you out on rush hour and the chicago city cast appreciate it scott take care my man i'm scott sidenberg we'll continue the conversation our very own dave ross will join me coming up next this is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network
0: this is the look ahead on VSIN,
4: the sports betting network Opening day and the opening round of the Masters are on the same day, so this week is jam-packed with betting intel from all of our experts. We'll have a breakdown of every golfer in the field, plus futures bets, and matchups from the long shots, Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans. Sign up today, get full access to vSIM through the start of baseball season, the Masters, and the NFL draft for only $19 at vsim.com spring. Scott Zaddenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on V-CIN, The Sports Betting Network. Joining us now, our very own Dave Ross. You catch him on Betting Across America and all across the network on Twitter at DRoss Sports. And of course, first strike, our MMA show, which we have an event coming up this weekend. A lot of heavy favorites on the board. We'll get to that coming up in a few minutes. But Dave, let's start with uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. We are mm. we are lighting a candle and sending oh, our condolences. To all the fans there in L.A. and the fair weather fans in L.A. as the Lakers have missed out on the playoffs for the second time in LeBron James's four-year tenure. Despite the bubble championship, how do you view the first four years of LeBron in L.A.? A
5: great question because if you say, well, we got the chip and that was the key, but it almost feels like it's got an asterisk by it was the bubble year with COVID and everything else. So it, it, it's not a normal 82 game run through the gauntlet of the playoffs and, and win a championship. It's just not. It, it's, it's not the same as the other Laker greats have done in the past. And, and I'm sorry, LeBron James, you're now figuring out what it's like to be measured up against Magic Johnson, against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, against Shaquille O'Neal, against Kobe Bryant, against Jerry West. Against the best that have ever played in LA, and he's not there. He, he and, and he knows that. So like his legacy is such a scattered one because he's won a chip in Cleveland, one two in Miami, one the one in LA, and that's really an accomplishment in and of itself to be able to do it in three different places. But now you get the feeling like, well, how are we going to remember LeBron James as a vagabond? Are we going to remember him as I'm taking my talents to South Beach, then going to the Lakers and kind of having this quasi-successful run, but not really when you can't even make the playoffs as an eighth seed or in this case to get into the into – the, <laughs> I mean, you just be a ten seed just to get in here and have an attempt to be in the big playoffs. You couldn't even do that. Uh, so it's, it's got to be a letdown, and this really is on LeBron in many ways. He had a great individual season, but it's on LeBron the GM. And look, I'm not going to blame Russell Westbrook. You brought him in. So you can complain about Russell all you want. You wanted that deal. We heard Magic Johnson say this week, I was going to bring in DeMar DeRozan. But LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook. So Mm -hmm. hate on Westbrook all you want. This is LeBron's team that he put together. And so this is what he wanted. He got what he wanted, which he should get. I, I think LeBron's earned that respect and command to have some of that pull in the organization. It just goes to show that LeBron James, the GM, is not as good as LeBron James, one of the best players we've ever seen in the history of the game.
4: Absolutely. and There was an interesting uh, point by Brian Windhorst of ESPN. uh, It was a couple of weeks ago where he talked about LeBron just wears out a team in four years. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he he went to Miami for four seasons and wore him out, went to Cleveland for four years, wore him out, and four years now in L.A., and it's worn out. And it's because a team has to make so many adjustments for him that they sacrifice the future. And the Lakers don't even have a draft pick this year. So what are they going to do? And Russell Westbrook's going to pick up his $47 million player option. And so who's going to trade for him? The future just looks even worse for this team that's going to be another year older.
5: And and you have to start asking questions about just how great is Anthony Davis. I mean, this is supposed to be the dream team. This must be those two guys we're going to run LA and it's going to be a fun run. And if we're not winning multiple championships, at least we're in the finals. At least we're in the Western conference finals. They can't even make the playoffs two out of the four years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. And I guess they've had injuries. Tell me a team that hasn't, I mean, come on, this is the way you, this is what you play. And you know, even LeBron this year, as great as he was shows you, he needs a lot of help around him. Cause this was a really good version of LeBron James. And they're not good enough to get a 10 seed in the West. And by the way, the West top to bottom isn't as good as the East. So (laughs) that's saying a whole lot when the Lakers can't even qualify for the play-in.
4: Is anybody in the West beating the Phoenix Suns?
5: I think the only team that would really have an outside shot, really, it's Denver. And it's, to me, a fully healthy Denver. But I don't know that we're going to see that. I don't know what you get out of Jamal Murray if he comes back. And now you know we're hearing some setbacks, too. Uh, before Michael Porter can even come back. So, you know, I was kind of counting on those guys getting healthy and seeing what that team really looked like in the postseason, kind of like what what Brooklyn's waiting on in the East now that the restrictions have been lifted and Kevin Durant's knee is back and Kyrie can play at home. And now you're finally going to start to see Brooklyn look like Brooklyn. I would love to see what Denver would look like because really fully loaded Denver, I think, would push them past that. I really don't see it. I think Phoenix right now with Chris Paul back and, you know, they're, they're going to start hitting their stride and being healthy as well, barring injury. And that's a big if because again, that's what I'm talking about with the Lakers. Everybody's got injuries. It happens every year, especially in the postseason. So barring a catastrophic injury to a Devin Booker or a Chris Paul going forward. Yeah. I really like Phoenix to come out of the West.
4: Who do you like coming out of the East?
5: <laughs> you know, I really, I did and I wish I'd played Boston when we were having these conversations about a month and a half, two months ago. And I, and I missed the good numbers on Boston, but just watching them play as a cohesive unit. And again, you know, okay. Brooklyn won big tonight against Houston, by the way. But you know, we're waiting for Brooklyn to start with Boston has figured it out. It took them a while, but now they're where you want to be. You don't want to peak early. You want to peak late. And Boston figured this out in the second half of the season. I think they're going to be a really tough out. I'll be so curious to see how the seedings play out here, but do you really trust Philly with what James Harden showed you since, you know, it looked great early on and then just doesn't look so great anymore. And yeah, I mean, Brooklyn's got all the talent, but are they going to be able to put it together and, and be a cohesive unit and see what they actually look like with no Ben Simmons. And we know that now. So I think there's a lot of question marks in the East. Milwaukee's probably hitting a stride to me. I could see a Boston, Milwaukee type final if they're on opposite ends and coming out of
4: the East. So it's going to be really interesting to see who gets the two seed, because if the Nets win their final three games, they're going to be the seventh seed because uh, they're going to play Cleveland. (laughs) So they'll beat Cleveland and they'll be the seventh seed. And then in the seven, eight game, they'll beat uh, Cleveland in the, or or whoever it is in the seven, eight game, uh, which will be at the Barkley center because of them being the seventh seed. And then they'll finish. They'll be the seventh seed. So go match up against the two. And uh, if it's Philly that winds up being the two, I like the Nets. If it's Milwaukee that winds up being the two, I think that's oh. i mean—that's the best series of the, the playoffs that you're going to get right there. And if it's the Celtics being the two, I think I give the Nets the edge over the Celtics. So the only one that I, I think the Nets would lose to is the Bucs.
5: I think they would lose to the Bucs as well. It, it would be interesting if they did have a, a Cel- uh, like a 7-2 with the Celtics and they got through that series. If they got through a battle-tested series, then I'd say, look out. Mm. But i got to be honest with you. you know They're going to put themselves right... Philadelphia might be the best matchup for them. I mean, really, out of those three options, I would want to play Philly if I'm Brooklyn out of those three. And I know they're not going to play Miami, because so Miami's going to get the one. But you know, it, it just looks like nobody's talking about Miami. And I, I don't know if it's because of Coach Spoh and Jimmy Buckets and UD getting in a fight and all that. It was well-documented, but... They're still tough. I don't think they're dynamic, but they are tough. We know that. So I know we're writing them and kind of counting them out a little bit. Nobody's talking about the one seed in the East. Miami will be there. I just don't know how long if they're really good enough to come out of this conference.
4: Uh, this weekend, we got a, a fight scheduled. Are you surprised at the numbers here? It's a lot of heavy favorites on this board.
5: Here, here I'm going to give you a guarantee. And, Scott, I've been pretty good at, at picking these favorites, obviously the big favorites, and then you kind of find some smaller, uh, either small favorites or small dogs that kind of complement your parlays. I see parlay busters all through this card because mm. when you look at uh, Jemaya here at what minus five fifty over Gilbert Burns, you look at uh, Peter Yan almost five dollars at a, over Aljo, and then you look at the Korean Zombie plus five hundred against Volk. All right, so everybody's going to do what? They're going to play all the favorites and they're going to put them in parlays. I am telling you now. One of those three fights is not going to go the way we see. When Peter Yan and Jermaine Sterling fought the first time, it was basically a pickem. And now Peter Yan is going to be a five-dollar favorite. Okay, Volkanovski, I get it. This guy is great, but seven dollars over the Korean zombie—you know how <laughs> close Volkanovski was to losing to Brian Ortega. Are you kidding me? I got to lay seven dollars. Price tag's way too stiff. And I'm telling you right now, when you watch Gilbert Burns, okay, and I know to my end, we're, we're talking about, he's going to smash people. That's what he says. I'm smash, smash, smash. And he has smashed everybody. I get it. He hasn't been in there very long. Gilbert Burns has been in with the best. And I'm talking about Kamaru Usman. And his run to get to Kamaru Usman was unbelievable. The play that I like the best, is that fight take the over one and a half? I'm seeing about minus 130. Get it now. It's going to get juiced up before Saturday because I'm telling you he's not running through Gilbert Burns.
4: Well, I got that another. I Saturday. got another idea. So let's hold that thought and let's continue it on the other side. I'm Scott Zadenberg. He's it. Dave Ross. This is the Look Ahead. Here on VSEN. This is the Look Ahead on V-CEN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of CityCast
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's
1: economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
2: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
1: And then you have China.
6: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There
4: are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you, joined by our very own Dave Ross here, host of First Strike, our MMA show here on v the Sports Betting Network. And when we're talking about UFC 273 this weekend, Dave, I think uh, uh, I might be interested in doing a round robin with the three big dogs. And if two of them (laughs) come home, you're turning a nice little profit
5: here. Here's the deal, Scott, and I always tell people this historically. Like when Ronda Rousey would be a $7, $8, $12 favorite, and they'd say, you know, hey, Ross, does this, you know, opponent have a chance? I said, no chance. Like, the, the, she's got no chance to beat Ronda Rousey. And the first woman that I said, oh, Holly Holm getting, what, plus 700, what it was that fateful night in Melbourne. And I said, this is a live dog. And, again, didn't predict that she would win, but you've got to identify the live dogs. You have three live dogs at way inflated prices. So I know two out of three to come home in your round robin seems like on the surface, no way. Oh, no, there is a way. There is, a, there is a distinct method of victory and a pathway for all three of those dogs. Now, to me, the hardest one to get home would be the Funkmaster. And I look at Al Jermaine Sterling and I go, okay, he can wrestle, but Peter Yan can wrestle. Don't strike with Peter Yan. We saw in the first fight that's not going to end well for Aljo if he goes strike for strike. So his pathway is tougher because Peter Yan is so well-rounded. But Korean Zombie and, and Volkanovski decide to bang Oh my goodness. We're going to be in for one hell of a main event where you're going to get a really good live dog there. And then again, when you're looking at, at Burns, Burns can do everything. Uh, he can strike. Look, he was striking with Kamar Usman. Didn't end well, but he, he'll he stay in the bank. So if that's what Cosmo I mean, wants to go ahead and try to, to smash him out. Okay. I wouldn't wrestle, which my, I would try to avoid going down to the mat, but Gilbert Burns is so well-rounded. That's why, to me, the best play out of those three fights is take the over a round and a half, I believe, right now, still juiced minus 130, but reasonably priced over a round and a half because I just think Gilbert Burns is going to take him into deep waters that he's never been in before. And at some point in your mixed martial art career, certainly in the UFC, you're going to get tested when you keep going up the ladder. Now he's going way up the rung when you get to Gilbert Burns. I am stunned that you can get plus $4 on Gilbert, because I think he's an absolutely good chance to pull the quote-unquote upset.
4: Masters begins on Thursday. Will you be touching oh. any Tiger Woods wagers?
5: Uh, which prop won't I be touching on Tiger Woods? <laughs> Give me all the Tiger props. Now, here's the thing. Can he win this thing? Look, I had Carl Paulson on today from Sirius XM Radio, of course, former PGA Tour player. He's, he's down there at Augusta today. And the the thing that Carl always brings to my attention when we're talking about the elite, the best of the best, the ghosts like the Tiger Woods, it is the mentality. So he'll never be a ceremonial golfer. He will not. He will not put that peg in the ground Thursday morning unless he actually believes he can win. Whether you and I believe he can win, whether Freddie Couples believes he can win, that's all. None of that matters. All that matters is Tiger. And from everybody that's been around Augusta, including Carl, they say the golf is not the issue at all. That would scare the bejesus out of me if I'm the rest of the tour players. If the only issue is the undulations of the hills and, and the actual walking part, that dude won the United States Open on a broken leg, played the last round, 18 holes on a Sunday on it, and then had to play 18-hole playoff against Rocco Mediate the next day and beat him on a broken leg. Payne, he talked about it today. He's used to that. His, his mind, he trained with Navy SEALs. This dude is built differently. If you can still grab Tiger Woods at plus money to make the cut, which I did see today at Circa, grab it. If you can get plus $4 for Tiger Woods to finish in the top 20, grab it. If you can get plus 110 for Tiger to be in the top 30, grab it. Plus money, Tiger Woods, I'd be willing to go all the way into the top 20 Dare I say the top 10, I would be more stunned if Tiger, A, missed the cut or B, finished around 40th after making the cut if he does, in fact, play. And at this point, it's a 99% certainty that he will play barring some major setback in the next 36 hours. Put Tiger in bubble wrap. Don't do anything tomorrow. The weather is going to drop at Augusta. He is there. You can hear it in his presser today. I've talked to this man before. I've asked questions of this man before. You can see the intensity. That look, when it comes back, it is game on for him. So we can doubt all we want. We should, because he hasn't played a competitive round since 2020. But it's still Tiger Woods. As long as he believes, I am not going to doubt him. Give me the plus prices on Tiger Woods.
4: I love Tiger to make the cut, because I think any of the fatigue issues or – you know, uh, uncomfortable feelings that he'll have after walking the soreness or pain or whatnot, it's not going to happen after the first round. You know, it's not going to happen maybe after two rounds. But in the third round, it might start to creep up on him. In the final round, it might be too much for him to deal with. But as far as him shooting a good enough score in the first two rounds to make the cut, he knows this course with his eyes closed. Oh, so oh, I, think him, the, I think him. the best bet for him, and maybe the only bet that I'll make, is is for Tiger to make the cut.
5: Well, I'll tell you this, too. What, what they did today at Augusta National when the pairings came out, they did two favors to Tiger Woods. The first one, you put Louie Oosthuizen in your group. That's an easy Sunday morning walk right there. Easy like Sunday morning. Those two have played tons of golf together. That is going to be very comfortable for both he and Louie. I love Louis props this this week, by the way, who always perennial, perennial offenses second or in the top five. But the other thing they did is they put him out early Thursday morning, which means he goes out late Friday afternoon, which means he gets maximum recovery time. Yep. They didn't do the old, put him out there Thursday afternoon and then right back Friday morning. That would have been torture on his body. They really did him a solid that way, and that is a distinct advantage for Tiger to make the cut.
4: It's opening day on Thursday as well. How excited are you? Who do you have your eye on this season?
5: Okay, I'll be honest with you, Scott. Opening day for me begins Monday because I will be engrossed in, in the <laughs> of 273 Baseball, you just can't get out of your own way. Why do you go up on the day Tiger Woods comes back? We, uh, they just, just wait. If they just went until Monday, they would have everything to themselves. But no, that's what baseball does. But, so yes, I'll be very intrigued with my Metropolitans. But i got to be honest with you. I know you're on the Phillies this year. If this is a quarter of law, I'll deny that I said it. I love that pick of the Phillies. When you look at their one-two, I mean, I love Wheeler and Noah at the top of the rotation. they got to figure out the bullpen. I think they will. The lineup's going to mash. They might be a mess defensively. But the more and more I look at the NLEs, I, man, I look at the Phillies. They're in total right around 86. I really think they're going to be in for a big year. I'd be surprised if the Phillies aren't there when it's all said and done come September. I'm kind of back in the Phillies, but I'll never admit it other than doing (laughs) your job.
4: I absolutely love them. I really do. I think this lineup is stacked. I think the, uh, you know, Corey Kniebel and Jerry's Familia in the bullpen should be solid for them. And as far as defensively is concerned, listen, this kid Bryson Stott now making the opening day uh, lineup. Uh, opening day roster is going to be big for them. He's one of the top prospects in all of baseball and he's their shortstop of the future. And, and, you know, as much mm. as I love Didi, you might see Bryson stop play short, or you might see Bryson stop play third base in place of Alec Bohm. And it just uh, it's going to elevate them defensively. You put an, another uh, young yeah. player, yeah. put another rookie like Mickey Moniak in the outfield upgrades them defensively in the outfield and, also, he's my Rookie of the Year pick at 100-to-1, Mickey Moniak. Wow. So, uh, wow. He, the fact that he has made the opening day roster has made me very, very happy. Um, and hopefully,
5: very and he, hopefully he holds on yeah, to the job
4: when old Dubal Herrera comes back from injury.
5: Well, you know, in the American League, we talked about it last week. I really do. I, I, I'm going to buy in on the Angels this year. Yep. I'm going to trust Joe Maddon. Uh, I think with, with Shohei and Trouty back and Rendon, uh, that's a murderer's row in the middle of that lineup. If they can figure out the bullpen a little bit, if they can get a little bit more starting pitching behind Shohei behind Thor, I really think they might surprise a little bit out west.
4: What helps is that you got a team in Oakland that is just a minor league team playing in that That's division. Right. Exactly, so, and the Rangers don't look much better. Yeah, you can just <laughs> uh, you chalk it up. There's just twenty wins or thirty wins between those two teams right there that you're going to have to get. Uh, Dave, I appreciate the time and the insight. Enjoy your Tiger bets starting on Let's Thursday. Go. And good luck uh, on Saturday, UFC 273.
5: Let's go do that round, Robin. I, I'd love to see what that pays off when all three of those ponies come home.
4: It should be about eight grand if you do. I think a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be unbelievable. But if you just did a hundred dollar <laughs> parlay on all three, it's four. Oh it's fourteen grand. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness.
5: And then you hedge when you get to the Korean Zombie vault. When the first two come in.
4: Hey, now, let's go. Oh, that would be some Saturday night. He's Dave <laughs> Ross. Check him out on Twitter at Sports And make sure you listen to First Strike, our combat sports show. Uh, be sure to head to vcin.com. Uh, make sure you get yourself, uh, uh, you listen to that show and get all the insight you need for UFC 273. I'm Scott Satterberg. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair. This is The Look Ahead here on Vsin, the sports betting network.
6: If you. If you. If you.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon, I'm Sarah Holder. we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars for is